Hey, I'm Jamie from Stillmeyer Games, the publisher of the upcoming game Wormspan. I have spent a couple of years working on Wormspan with designer Connie Vogelman and developer Elizabeth Hargrave and artist Clementine Campardo. Um, and today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at some of the decisions we made during the design process, the development process, and importantly, the pre-production process of Wormspan impacting components that ended up in the final game. Um, basically, I'm gonna go through a drawer of components that we tested and looked at and, uh, and decisions we made about those components. And then the pre-production copy and the final production copy, I'll compare some of the things that changed over time. Um, and then I'll probably end the video by looking through the final copy and seeing if there's anything else that sparks any stories from that time. Uh, so let's start out with this drawer of things that I have. In fact, let's start out with the eggs in particular. So we knew in Wormspan that uh, dragons were gonna be laying eggs. That's a key part of Wingspan, the game that inspired Wormspan. Uh, eggs do things differently, you use them for different purposes in Wormspan, but you know, they're dragons, they're laying eggs. We wanted them to feel like dragon eggs. So we contemplated a few different things. We contemplated making them bigger, um, same shape because I think we have a pretty good shape used in Wormspan and Wingspan, but uh, we kind of played making them bigger. And we decided not to do that because the dragons in Wormspan, while some of them are bigger than birds in our world, uh, the idea is that the world of Wormspan is populated by by dragons in the same way that our world is populated by birds. So there are dragons of all shapes and sizes. You would open your window right now and you would look outside and you would see dragons outside just as we see birds in our world. So we decided to, have to keep the, the eggs the same size. Plus, if they're too big, they're going to block important information on the cards. So the big choice was, how do we make them feel like dragon eggs? And we did that by testing a lot of different um, combinations of colors because we thought, let's make them all speckled. Speckled eggs are something that we make for Wingspan, but they're a separate add-on. They're a deluxe component for Wingspan. And we thought, why not put them in the game? Why not, out of the box, give you speckled eggs in combinations that don't make sense for birds, but might make sense for dragons? So we have, I, I asked Panda, our manufacturer, I mentioned Panda a few times in this video, I asked Panda for a bunch of different color combinations to test. I actually didn't go with this one because it looked like they're splattered with blood and I didn't want to convey that in the game. Um, so we have all these different combinations that we tested um, to see what fit right for the game. And so I think there were in total maybe, I don't know, 15 or so, a dozen to 15 different egg color combinations that we tested before finally ending up with the seven that we chose. So. Uh, Connie and I and some members of our team, we, we kind of just looked at the colors and found seven that were different, were unique. And I'll show you the final bag right here. These are speckled wooden eggs. And I, the, uh, the speckling, this is, these are all kind of like hand-painted. They are hand-painted. They're, they're, they're splattered with paint. And so no two eggs are exactly the same, uh, making them feel really unique. I mean, every egg feels unique, even though there are seven distinct color combinations. So the eggs in Wormspan, here they are. I have them in the little tray right here. I'll talk about the, in fact, I can talk about these trays right after this. So here are the final seven color combinations of eggs in Wormspan, with my favorite being the Yoshi-themed egg, the white and green egg inspired by Yoshi from um, the, you know, the Super Mario Brothers world, in particular Mario Kart. Um, let's talk about these trays real quick, because originally, Wormspan. In fact, even coming down to the pre-production process, originally I was going to include the more eco-friendly sugarcane pulp trays that we have in in, uh, 
in Wingspan now. I don't think I have them in the pre-production copy over here. But they're these little trays uh, that, they're not containers, they're just trays. They're two compartment containers uh, to hold components. And what's really important in Wingspan and Wormspan, both games, is that you have some place to contain the eggs. It isn't a huge deal to contain the resources in the game uh, because the resources are just cardboard tokens. You could just put these on the table, but the eggs are going to roll everywhere. We needed some sort of a container. And uh, the this is an ecological decision, right? An eco-friendly decision. Do you go with a more eco-friendly tray, the sugarcane pulp tray, which is more eco-friendly, but if you go with that, you still need a way to store the eggs because they don't have lids, and so you still need to include a plastic bag. Or do you include plastic containers, which are probably going to last longer, um, but they're made from plastic, which also one of the downsides of plastic is that it does last longer. Um, it's a tough decision. It, it, there's give and take here. Do you use this thing, plastic, that's made from an unsustainable resource uh, or something like sugarcane pulp or wood or cardboard that is used from a renewable resource like trees. Always a tough decision, but given that we needed to include plastic in some way anyway to contain the eggs in the box, we, you can't just throw the eggs into the box, we decided to go with trays, specifically two trays, one for eggs and then one, all, one for all the resources in the other tray. It's the, other than a few plastic bags that are included in the game for, for uh, cards, it's the only plastic in the game. Uh, and the shrink wrap on the outside of the box, a problem, another problem that we're trying to solve. But yeah, so we have two trays like this in uh, in Wormspan. Let's go through back through this container over here. Um, I have some deluxe components I'm going to talk about. In fact, I can yeah, I can probably go ahead and jump to those deluxe components. So in the box of Wormspan, and this is a production decision that we made. I wanted the coins. The coins are essentially the, the same as, or very similar to, not exactly the same, but similar to the action tokens in Wormspan, or in Wingspan, sorry. Similar names, that's our own fault. But uh, uh, so in, in Wingspan, we have action tokens. The coins, you can see the scaled coin right here in Wormspan, we wanted them to feel special. And so we went with foil, kind of like in the game Coup. So these tokens are double-sided. You can see them here. Hopefully you can see a little bit. Yeah, you can see the foil there. There you go. These are foil tokens, but these are cardboard, cardboard tokens. These are what come with the game, but they do feel a little special because they have the foil on them. At the same time, we figured let's make metal versions of these coins as well. And the first version of these coins, so the, these are just tokens. These are not uh, currency. You're not spending these coins. They don't have numbers on them. The first version of the coins look like this. I'm glad I still have these. I don't have a lot of the prototype components from, from uh, Wormspan. But they look like this. I don't know if you can tell, but they are a little bit different than the final versions of the coins, which look like this. They have these big rims on them around the edges here. I'll hold them up side by side so you can see the differences here. And what I found is that these just didn't stack well. Uh, without this, this outer border to, uh, to make, kind of create a plane where the coins were at some point on the coin or an even point on the coin were the same height, they did not stack well. And stacking the coins, you never really need to stack the coins in the game, but it is a little helpful to take coins from a stack that you're keeping by your side, a stack of action tokens, essentially, then having them, every coin, just scattered on the table. So that was, I think, a positive uh, improvement for the quality of the coins. Uh, the other deluxe resource in the game, or not, not in the game, this is an add-on, I should clarify this, the metal coins and the wooden resources 
are come in a single upgrade pack that is an add-on that you can add to your copy of Wormspan when you order from us. We'll also make that available for retailers. Um, the final version of the wooden tokens look like this. I was saving this. Here's the other container. You can see what they look like here. So there are purple crystals. They're all wooden tokens. Golden nuggets. There's milk. Connie has a wonderful, Connie, the designer of, of Wormsman, has a wonderful explanation of why we included milk in the game instead of another resource. There is a reason for it. We did think about it. And, uh, and meat. And look at the meat tokens in particular. And then compare them to the original version of the milk tokens. And maybe you can see why we changed the colors, why we switched the colors on these. It's because from the wrong angle, these tokens, uh, these meat tokens, look like the milk tokens. And we didn't want them to be confused. So we also did, just to make the, make sure it was clear what the meat tokens were, they are the only tokens that we silkscreen printed, to make that very clear, um, silkscreen printed on both sides. So this is the old meat token, because they looked, from the edge, sim too similar to milk. These are the final deluxe ver wooden versions of the, uh, of, the, of the meat tokens. So that was a production decision that we made, and I think that's everything that I, actually, no, there is one other thing. Yeah, definitely one other thing. The neoprene playmat. So here's the final version of the neoprene playmat. Uh, I say neoprene. This is a rubber playmat, a natural rubber playmat. Um, this is, again, is a deluxe add-on that you can add on. And you can add, on, add them on one at a time. So if you typically play Wormspan with, or you think you'll play with only two players most of the time, you can add two of these. Um, here's what it looks like. Here's the, the natural rubber playmat. Play again, not, um, not neoprene. For this playmat... Uh, you'll notice a few things. One, crucially, and I'm sure some of you will watch this and say, I'm not going to get it for this reason. And that's okay. That's okay. But we stand by this, this decision. We didn't double stitch the edges. And we actually, uh, we don't double stitch. We double stitch edges for playmats when you have a big playmat on the table. But these smaller playmats, the double stitching takes up so much space. And you can see this in an earlier version of it. This is an earlier version of the playmat. You can see the double stitch edges. Uh, they take up a good... Uh, I think it's almost six millimeters, maybe seven milli mil millimeters. It takes up so much space that it actually makes the playmat too big to, um, to, without covering up important material on the mat, to fit in the box. So we would have had to make the box bigger to actually fit the neoprene playmat in the box. And so we don't do double stitching. Uh, I think sometimes people get concerned because they think that the printed material will peel off the rubber layer. And we really have seen very, very few instances of that happen. And we've been selling the wingspan uh, playmat for quite some time. Um, that one's double-sided. So uh, yeah, so that it's not double-stitched, but we will continue to double-stitch our big playmats. In other games like uh, like Tapestry, we have a big playmat. Uh, Expeditions, we have one. Scythe, we have one. We'll continue to do that. The one other thing here about the playmat that I want to mention is that typically in the past, we've been selling playmats in cardboard tubes, but we've moved away from that because uh, it's extra material. You don't really need that cardboard tube for anything, um, especially if it's a single playmat that you are going to fold up, fold in half, and probably put on the top of your box or roll up and put it in your game box. You don't need the tube. And it also provi provides a constraint for shipping. And so we've realized that we can just flat pack these neoprene playmats, um, but they still need to have a label on them somehow. And so we tested a bunch of different labels. Here's what the label ended up looking. It's kind of like a rice paper type material. Um, we tested different 
labels and stickiness levels. This is going to be put on the back of the mat, so it doesn't even impact the front of the mat, but different stickiness levels so it wouldn't leave any sticky residue. And even as I'm feeling the, this old version uh, that we tested before, I can feel the sticky, the sticky residue because it was too sticky. So we had to go through these different degrees of stickiness to ensure that the final version wouldn't have any sticky residue, even though it's on the back of the mat. We don't want it on the mat at all from, um, from this little sticker that we can use to, again, save cardboard. We don't need to, we don't need to pack these in cardboard because we're going to include them probably in your shipment, um, which will be have a cardboard box around it anyway. So those are all the components that I have in the worm span drawer. Let me look over at the pre-production copy to see if I can remember anything that we changed along the way. I, so we had a pre-production play test. Basically when you, when you make a board game, um, you, you send the final files to the printer, they do a digital proof review of those files, and then they make a version of the game. They laser, at least at Panda they do, they, they laser print a version of the game that looks real. Like this this looks like a real copy of Wormspan, right? Um, but it uses the real materials for the game, but it's laser printed. It's not actually mass produced at that time, which uses a different type of printing and packing process. Um, but we get this copy and we, we get it to the table. We play it. We go through it very closely. We look at all the components. We make sure they're the most recent versions of the components that we sent our printer. And we also play the game to see if there's anything that we missed that we wouldn't have been able to see in any version of the prototype that wasn't exactly representative of the final version of the game. So we did play test it. And actually, there are a few little things. Um, I have my notes here. So one thing that we caught is that, and sometimes you catch things that, that aren't clear. So when we sent Panda the files for Wormspan, we sent them two different reference cards because there are two different, two different reference cards. I don't know if I have them handy here. I'll see if I can find them while I'm talking. But there's a, there's a player aid card, kind of a, a quick start card. Well, there's a player aid card and a quick start card. The player aid helps guide players through the first few turns of the game. Um, and the player aid has like a, an overview of, of what the different actions look like. Looks like I don't. Here we go. I do have them handy. So here's what they look like right here. So here is here's a how to play card. Here's a on the back it says how to win. And then we have uh, the quick start card. So some quick start suggestions for your first turn of the game. And then some uh, some future turn suggestions after you're, you're feeling a little bit more comfortable with the game. So this is a way to help teach players um, Wormspan. But anyway, going back to this, we sent, there are only two different cards here, so we sent Panda a file containing two different cards. And somewhere along the way, there was a little miscommunication that, um, that they needed to print two, two of these cards per player, not just two total for the game. We needed 10 total cards, right? Two per player. Uh, and so we discovered that in the pre-production copy where there are only two of these cards. And so that was one thing we caught. That, that's why we have the pre-production copy. We catch things like that. One other key thing we caught is that things like the goal mat, here's the goal mat here, uh, should, I don't know if you can catch the difference here. Let's see, I, if you, I don't know if I have the other one handy here. I, I have the dragon guild handy, so I'll hold that up instead. But there is a key difference between these two. Can you see it? It's very slight. What it is, is that we wanted rounded corners. We want rounded corners on cardboard, not sharp corners. Not that it's really that sharp, but it's just a little bit more refined to have a rounded corner. And the pre-production copy had sharp corners. So we asked Panda to make sure to round the corners in the final version. That's the type of thing that you can still change when you're looking at the pre-production copy. So we look for rounded corners. 
And also the player map. Yeah, here's the one other thing that we that we adjusted. Uh, yeah, so here's a player map. This is the pre-production copy that I'm showing you here. The pre-production copy of the player map had the player information on the outside. Um, and this was by design at the time. I, this was what I asked Panda to do because I thought it would full, sit better on the table like this. However, it just felt weird to open it up and have the outside be on the inside. In Wingspan, you've probably seen on the, on the this is the material that's on the outside. Uh, and so we switched it around. So you look at this, this is the pre-production copy, folds like this. We decided to flip it around. Oh, now I gotta pull it out. Uh, and here is the final version. Here's the final version right here. This is the outside, again, rounded edges right here. This is the outside and you open it and this is the inside. One small bonus of this too, other than feeling more right, some, some of these are gut decisions, right? Uh, part of it is also that it, it protects the inside a little bit from getting scratched by other components. If you have metal coins in the box, maybe they could scratch it a little bit. It's pretty durable. It shouldn't scratch, but at least now it's protected. It's on the inside. Uh, we also found two other things while we were uh, playtesting the reproduction copy. One was a little thing, which was, and you can see the, op the choice here. So in Wormspan, you have these two little reminders here. One, at any time, you can convert any two resources to one resource token. And this is at any time, unlike Wingspan, where you can only do it when you play a bird. And also, you can store two eggs right here, the two little nests for eggs. So right from the first turn of the game, you can lay eggs even if you don't have any dragons on your board because you have a place to store them. In fact, every round you get an egg uh, in, in Wormspan. At the beginning of the first round and then at the beginning of rounds two, three, and four, you get an egg. However, Susanna, my coworker, noticed that having this area that holds eggs, especially since you start out with an egg there at the beginning of the game, so close to the, the edge of the board meant that sometimes you were a little bit more likely to knock the egg over because it's right there on the edge and it might be right near the edge of the table. And so we switched those two elements. We switched it here, store two eggs here. We move the conversion down here. However, uh, there's one thing I wanna point out in full transparency, you can see it's correct on here. Uh, when you make a change like that fairly late in, in, in production, at least that's the case with the pre-production copy, it means that there's a lot of things that you have to change. It's not just changing the mat. You're also changing the back of the box if you if you feel that you need to. You're also potentially changing the rule book. You might be changing the appendix if there is one. There isn't one in this particular game. You're changing a lot of different things. Um, and we missed one. We missed one. Uh, unfortunately, this was this is a small change. This is a very small change. It does not impact gameplay. I didn't. I actually have not found that I'm knocking eggs over. It's just you know a very small quality of life change. I'm glad Susanna identified it. I'm glad we made the change, but the change did not make it all the way to the rubber play mats. So you can see the rubber play mats have these two printed in the opposite order. Um, I hope this doesn't dissuade people from getting the rubber play mats. I think they're just as effective. They serve the purpose. If you like rubber play mats, that, that's what it's here for. Um, but I wanna be transparent about that, that that change did not make it onto the rubber play mat. Uh, because it was a late change sometimes late changes changes like that where they affect a bunch of different files they don't they don't make it as far as they should um then oh yeah one other thing one other important thing that we found as we were playing the pre-production copy so we have these 
dragon cards. So many dragon cards in the game. 183 different dragon cards. And I'm going to hold one up. Hold the back of it up. There's this beautiful illustration that Clementine made for the back of these cards. Same for the cave cards. I'll hold both up so you can see them. Uh, it's the, She made... I forget exactly how she made these illustrations, but it, it, she made them in a different way than normal. Um, actually, it doesn't impact the, the cave card. It, do, it doesn't have it on there. But it does have it on the dragon card. You can look at here. So... Take a look at this back of the card, and if you saw this at a quick glance on the table, you might think what I was thinking, which was, oh, how does this card already have wear and tear on it? You know, look at that wear and tear on the edge. But actually, that isn't wear and tear. That's art on the back of the card. But it happened enough while I was playtesting the game, especially when I was looking at the deck of cards for some reason. I kept looking over the, deck of, the back of the deck of cards and thinking, wow, how does that card already have wear and tear? Like, that was where my mind went as we were playing this pre-production copy. That I, I thought, you know, if I'm thinking this multiple times, knowing everything that I know about the game, that this is just part of the art, imagine how many other people, when we make 100,000 copies of this game, are going to think the same thing. And so we decided to remove those rough edges. And here you can see the final version of the card for the card back. We removed that little rough part. Um, so that you don't have it. So that it's still the beautiful illustration. Just remove that little rough uh, edge or part of the illustration that looked like it was part of the edge of the card from the back of the card. Just a tiny little tweak, but who knows? Maybe it'll make a difference for some people. It's something that you wouldn't know unless I had told you right now. Um, yeah, I think those are all the decisions we made uh, going from the pre-production copy to the final copy. Let me look through the final copy now, if you can hang out for a few more minutes, and I'll talk about any other decisions we made. So one was actually about card size. This was a big decision that we had to make throughout the process. How big do we make the cards? And really it came down to what had to fit on the player mat so that the player mat could fit in the box. And yes, you can always change the box size, but we really wanted to go for a box size that was essentially the same as Wingspan. I think it's it's a fairly standard box size. It's 296 by 296 millimeters by around 70 millimeters in height. I think Wingspan is actually 74, but we were aiming for 70. So we need to make sure the play mat, player mat fits into the box. We need five of these to fit in the, play, in the box. These are a little bit bigger than Wingspan's player mats in the first place, but that's okay uh, because they fold up. But then we needed to make sure we could fit all the cards on here. And so the card size had to be 57 by 87, which is the same as Wingspan. Also, I think that consistency between the games helps since they are linked to each other. Um, as part of that, though, the dragons are designed with a very specific size because as you are playing dragons, they determine how far you can actually move along the path uh, to activate actions in one of these caves. So... Here's your little explorer meeple. It starts out, and before you even enter the cave, you gain a little bonus. Here you gain a little cave card. But then they have to stop. You see that little stop sign? Your adventure meeple has to stop when you're exploring them. However, if I've played, and I, I'm not actually allowed to play this right here. I'll, I'll get one that I'm allowed to play. Get a little hatchling here. Here's a hatchling. I have played a hatchling right here. And you can see now there's no stop sign. The dragon card shows you that you can continue moving your explorer along the path. In this case, you are gaining an if-activated ability on that dragon. I'm not holding it very well here, but the dragon blocks that stop sign. And then your adventure meeple activates this ability if you want to, and then activates this ability because they were able to go a little bit further. i got to move my fingers. There you can see. And then there's another stop sign. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job of holding this up. But you can see that the dragon cards essentially tell you how far your adventurer can move. Um, however, so that's the dragon cards. They do that. 
The cave cards do not do that. The cave cards are what you need to place. You need to excavate a cave before you can place a dragon there. And there are a few that are pre-excavated. But crucially, the cave cards cannot block the stop sign. So we needed the cave cards to be smaller than the dragon cards. And that's why the cave cards, you can see, are square. They are square cards that are 57 by 57 millimeters instead of 57 by 87 millimeters. So this was a crucial decision. How big do we make these cards so that they serve the purpose that we need them to because they serve a very specific mechanical purpose in the game. The cave cards are placed so that dragons can be placed on top of them. Dragon cards are placed so they cover up the stop sign showing that your explorer meeple can continue to explore. Uh, so that was a crucial element of the game. Um, there's the dragon guild. I don't know if there's much. Actually, no, we did make a decision here about. So there are three boards in the game. There's the dragon guild. This is a new mechanism in, in Wormspan. There is the card display board. We call it the card mat. It's really card board, um, but the card board sounds odd. So this holds the face-up display of dragon cards and uh, and cave cards. And then last we have, where's the goal board? I think it's at the bottom of my box here. Here's the, the pre-production copy goal board that I have handy. So you have three boards. So the decision here was, and the final decision you can see, I've spoiled it. We have three different boards here. Opposed to putting all of these on one board, and the reason here was that it, by putting, if we had put these all on one board, which I think would have actually been a little bit more expensive, or a little bit cheaper to put them all on one board, more expensive to do three different boards of three different sizes, uh, it would have made the table space a little less modular. You you wouldn't have had an option. You could have you just have to put the big board down on the table. Whereas having three different mats like this lets you orient them however you want. You can put them side. You can put two side by side by this like this. You can put them all in a row like this if that's what your table says. You can stack them. You can, you know, you have full modularity as to how you fit these because we're trying to take table space into consideration. And so by having three different boards that you can place on your table as you wish, hopefully it's a little bit more flexible, a little bit better for your table size. Also, crucially. Um, the uh, with the the card mat in particular we made this mat so it's easy to take the cards off the table you know it's hard to pick up cards when they're directly on the table but when there's a little bit of height here for the mat i believe it's two millimeters it's just a little bit easier to pick up the cards and you want to be able to slide them off and pick them up and so if you had this built into a greater board then it's a little you it's harder to just slide them off the board we could have put them all on the edge of the board but anyway it's that little quality of life things we're trying to make the cards easy to pick up you can do so easier if there is always an edge next to the card, basically. So that was a decision point that we put into uh, into the, the, the common, the shared elements of the game. Let me see if there's anything else in here that triggers any memories. We have the score pad. Uh, as usual, we try to do score pads that are printed on both sides to double the amount of plays that you can get out of the game. And if you're playing a lower player count, then you have even more plays. Game plays up to five. So if, if you're always playing with two players, then, uh, then you have you know, double the number. You have 200 games in here instead of instead of 100 games. Um, the colors, I mean, we typically try to pick colorblind friendly colors uh, in, in our games for any sh tokens that share a space. There's really only one area of the game where space is shared by tokens, and that's on the Dragon Guild. Uh, I'll specifically show you what these Dragon Guild tiles look like. So here's a Dragon Guild tile. 
You can see these are limited spaces for where cubes go when you claim this powerful benefit. And for the most part, uh, even that, even though you're sharing space, uh, sharing an area here with cubes from other players, even then it doesn't really matter because these are one-time abilities. It doesn't matter if someone else has a cube there. The only time it matters is for end of game. You can see end of game, end of game. Uh, those are when you need to be able to see your color. And so that's why we try to make the colors colorblind friendly so that when you are looking at them at the end of the game in that shared space, that you can tell the differences between those colors. There are probably other production things that... Actually, no, there's one more. I'll, I'll share one more. It, and I have talked about this a little bit in other places, but I think it's worth talking about as I'm talking about vision friendliness and accessibility, which is that in Wingspan, um, the cards in Wingspan have fun facts. They have bird facts on them, right? The bird, the bird cards have bird facts. And I love that. I love that the cards have those facts. Uh, we have different people help contribute those facts. They make a big difference. They add something for you to read while you're not... Uh, taking turns in wingspan, they're great. Uh, we wanted to have facts for the dragons too. Obviously, they're fictional facts, but we wanted this game to feel real, like there was a real world of dragons that you're uh, playing around with here. However, uh, there's a lot of information on the Wormspan cards. You have you have the cost up here. You have which row you can place the card in over here. You have the points. You have what size they are. So instead of a wingspan, you have they're either large, medium, small, or hatchlings. They also have personality types: aggressive, helpful, playful, shy, and then they have text, uh, text with icons, but still text. If we had added, and we considered it, we considered adding dragon facts down here. Um, but if we had done that, it would have added a lot of visual clutter. And if you go look at the vision-friendly cards that we made for Wingspan, you can see how big of an impact it makes when you remove those bird facts from the cards. It, it really does make them significantly easier to read the information that you need to see on those cards. But we still wanted dragon facts, so we decided not to put them on the cards. Instead, we put the dragon facts in a book. And by putting them in a book, a 32-page full-color book, we not only give players something fun to reference, we give you something for your kids to look at. If you have, I mean, adults can really enjoy this book, but kids can look at this book um, when they're not playing Wingspan or when they're, you know, maybe they are playing, maybe they aren't playing. I, I think it's family friendly and kid friendly. And by including a book of these dragon facts instead of putting them on the cards, it meant that we could spend more space. Look at this text on here. It's not always just a quick two line uh, uh, sentence. There's some legitimately uh, long paragraphs here about these dragons. There's no way we could have fit that on the card. So we had a lot more flexibility as to the, f the facts that we give. We actually got this idea from the game Meadow, which has a lot of facts in the game, but they're in a separate book that comes with the game. This comes with the game. This isn't separate from the game, but separate from the cards rather than being on the cards to make those cards more vision friendly, but still have the same immersion of having all these facts from dragons in the world. I love this book. I love how this turned out. I think Christine did a wonderful job laying it out. She used illustrations from Clementine to make it feel like someone's uh, sketchbook, kind of like from How to Train Your Dragon. I think the character has a little book like this. Um, same same impact here. Oh, here's my gold board. Gold board. Had it off to the side. There's the there's the rounded edges gold board. I think those are all the main production decisions that went into the game. As you can tell, a lot of care and love and time and thought went into the game. You might not agree with all the decisions we made in the game, and that's okay. But I do want you to know that we do care, that we're thinking of how we serve you, the customer, the person who's going to be, get Wormspan to the table many, many times over the next few years, hopefully. Uh, every little decision we made in this game and in the deluxe add-ons 
uh, went into trying to serve you and your experience of Wormspan at your table. So I hope we accomplish those goals. I look forward to hearing your thoughts when you actually get to play the game too in the very near future. Uh, if you're watching this right now or in the past, uh, Wormspan will launch on our web store on January 31st, and then it will be available in English from retailers worldwide in late March. Uh, the shipping for the orders directly from us will happen throughout February. It might bleed over into March a little bit. You might be watching this in the future, and none of that is re relevant to you. Hopefully, you can go down to your local store and get a copy or get it from our website because we'll continue to make Wormspan as long as people want us to. I'd love to hear your questions in the comments. Let me know. Ask me anything. I'm happy to answer anything that you have, any questions that you have about the, the production decisions that we put into Wormspan. Thanks.